Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Our Father and our God, we thank you, we give you praise. Lord, we say let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, Lord, we ask that you would fill our hearts today. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would exalt yourself. That Jesus alone will be exalted in our midst in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' most wonderful name we are praying. Amen, amen, amen in Jesus' name. You are the Lord. God is that your intention is not to do wrong 
but be careful. When the Bible says, because that means that, see, what will happen is that God will begin to slip away. Your thought will begin, then all of a sudden, you will begin to discover that things that you were, you were a bit conscious of before, you are less conscious of them. So God was not really, you know, he, he didn't really go back, go quickly and say, oh, don't see. He said, no. He said, you are with me now. But something will happen and you will begin to forget about me. Then the more you forget about me, the more your tendency of going into the zone. He says to them again, you see again, Deuteronomy chapter 5, sorry, chapter 6, verse 5. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. He said, these commandments I give you today, I give you today, are to be in your heart. He said to them, he said, impress them on your children. Talk about it. He said, talk to them when they sit at home and when they walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. He said, tie it as a symbol on your head. He said, bind it around your forehead, on your forehead. Write them at the doors of your frame. Put them on your gates. God now says, when the Lord brings you into the land he has sworn to you, who sworn, sworn to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to you, the land you like. He said, and if you go to verse 12, he said, be careful not to forget. So he's saying, you need to, God is saying, you need to do some practical things so that you don't forget it. So he said, you know, talk to your children about it. Let it be the conversation within your house. So he's saying that it is not going to be enough for you to say that, oh God, I feel Jesus. I know I love Jesus with all my heart. He's saying, yes, I get that. That's why, you know, when we started from that, um, um, the, the previous verse, uh, verse 5, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. I know you love me with all your heart and all your strength, but what? But you need to put practical steps in place so that you don't forget. Because the time, and he was saying to them, he said, you know, have these conversations in your house. Let this, let, let this be like, you know, the normal conversation you have. Because before you know it, it's just that you don't say, say it at prayer time. He said, when you are sitting to eat, just let, let the conversation flow. When you are going out with them, let the conversation flow. He now said, you know, bind it as a symbol in your, on your hands. Even tie it to your forehead. Probably when you're going out, let it be at the at the fall, at the at the doorpost of your head so that when you are going out, you will see it. When you are coming, you will see it. You still see some Jewish, the, the Jewish tradition still practice what we do now when you go to their houses. They have the Torah close to their um, But what God was saying, and David understood this. When David said in Psalm 103, David, verse 2 to 5, David said, 
Praise the Lord, oh my soul, and don't forget his benefits. So David seen that he was sitting down, he was sitting down and he was telling, he was he seemed like he was having a conversation with himself. And he said, Please don't forget it. He said, All the bad, all and forget not all his benefits. He started by laying, he said, He forgives your sins, he heals your disease, he redeems you from the pit. You would think that all these things that you should be able to remember. But David said, the Bible says in verse 5, it says, he, he satisfies your desire with good things. And your youth is renewed like, like, like um, youth. Like he goes for And so you begin to see this thing across the scriptures that God is saying, see, don't forget. Israel, I bought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of the slavery of sin. Don't forget. But you cannot just say, you, it is not enough to come to church on Sunday and say, I love you, Jesus. Because God knows by the time you step out there, it begins to sleep. By the time, you know, you may be super tired on Monday. By Tuesday, Wednesday, is already saying battery low. <laughs> And by Thursday, Friday, battery has finally <laughs> gone out. And especially in this time of lockdown. And you will begin to see as Jesus also picks up this theme of not forgetting, ensuring that you remember. And Jesus did not tell, there was only one thing that Jesus told us to remember or do in remembrance of him. Only one thing. He did not say celebrate my birthday. He said to them in Luke chapter 22, verse 19 and 20, the Bible says he took the bread and he gave and he broke and he gave it and he broke it and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body. Given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So what he's saying is that I saved you from sin. I saved you from eternal judgment. Don't forget this. Because a time will why did he say do this? When Paul was going to say, Paul said that we do it often. Because what you don't let this thing slip your mind. This is the same thing that you see with, as we began to trace from the Old Testament. Don't let this slip your mind. In that said to them, see this bread, just do it, carry it out. Let everybody know, let it be at the center of your heart. Because you would forget. You would think that you would you could come to you know you could know about God, know everything about God, but forget the most important thing. It's just that Jesus healed the sick. Jesus did not say, "Remember the person that I healed." In fact, there was only there was also one person that Jesus said, 
this woman's story would always be remembered. That was the woman of the alabaster box. But why did her story was different? Why was her story different? Jesus said, because she was preparing him for his burial. So what he's saying again, this woman will not be forgotten. So don't forget her. He said, anywhere this gospel will be preached, you must remember what this woman did. So we see again that Jesus is, 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 is bringing out the team of the gospel. You can remember that God, you can remember that, you know, God provided for me, and that is wonderful. God, God, um, God, 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 God made a great job. That is wonderful. God, God made a good husband, good wife. That is wonderful, wonderful. But the most thing that you cannot forget is that Christ died. And you begin to see it also. There was a time in, in the scriptures, in Luke chapter 10, when, when you begin to see that Jesus, his disciples went out and they were casting out demons. And Jesus told them in Luke chapter 10, verse 18 to 20, the Bible says, in reply, he said, I saw Satan fall like a lightning from heaven. See, I have given you authority. You have power over him. You, you have power to trample upon snakes and scorpions, and over the power of all the of, over all the power of the enemy. So that means that whatever attack that comes your way, I have given you power to overcome it, and nothing will happen. And it's interesting that that is what most of the time that is what we 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 celebrate, and which is not bad. But Jesus quickly cautioned them. In verse 20, he said, However, do not rejoice that the spirit subject are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is in heaven. But if we were to take what we are grateful for, if you were to take what is going to what, what you are going to dance about, is it that you just cast out a demon? Or you just fought a spiritual battle and you won. I said, Yes, Jesus is alive. And Jesus said, Thank you for that. I am grateful that you are grateful. But the Bible says, He said, However, the, the one that you should not forget most is the gospel. And how many times have we run through events of life? You can you remember the last time you were grateful to God because your name was written in his book? Is there a time when you have spent a whole week and you are dancing like a madman? People say, Why are you dancing? Say, My name is written in the book of Because if you don't get it to that point, then you will not be able to share the gospel. Because, you know, it is, it is just an addition. It is just one of those things that we do, but the most powerful one is the fact that, ah, I just spoke in tongues and people were falling under their mountain. 
begin to see it as you as you read the writings of Paul. Paul, Paul will say, like as an example, Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. Paul, Paul says that I always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When I pray for you, because we have heard about your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all God's people. He said, your faith and your love that springs from the hope stored up for you in heaven, about which you have heard the true message of the gospel. So Paul is saying, when I just think about it, oh God, thank you. Thank you that these people know you. That these people have, you know, they've given their life to you. Paul, you know, somebody said, In the, in, in the body of Christ now, one of the things that we give thanks for or we, are, or we pray for is the three Ps. Budget, bodies, and buildings. The number of people in the place, the number of money the church has, and the buildings they are feeling. That is what when you say, oh, how, how is that church so wonderful? Wow! If you see that place, the number of people, see, our church never goes, goes, we don't, we don't have issues at all. We are all okay. But Paul is looking at the church and he's saying, you know, from the day I had about your faith in Christ, and because you have had the gospel, it wasn't faith that, oh God, I know. He said, you had the true gospel. And that also formed the basis of the prayer of Paul. The question now is, if we were to scan mine and your prayer life, because when you go to that same Colossians, if you go to verse, verse 9, where Paul says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. The Father, Lord, has this church. I am hearing that people are giving their life to Christ. I am hearing that they are knowing God more. Father, Lord, I pray. Let them know you more. That's what he said. He said, I continually ask God that he will fill you with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom, understanding that the Spirit gives. We're talking about a gospel-centered life. And you would begin to see, and I, I say, I'm, I'm, I'm learning more and more with this. Even this week, I've been pouring about some things, and you know, you begin to see, at least for me, maybe why, you know, you are indifferent about somebody, you know, you don't really, you're not, you're not, maybe you're indifferent about certain things, you know, there are people that you don't even pray for about, you know, about giving their life, but they are okay. But when you begin to have this mindset of the gospel that you are concerned about if somebody really knows Jesus or not, this is how our prayer life will look like. It 
Tim Carrot said something uh, on, on his tweets in 2015. He said, the gospel is not just the ABC of Christian life, but the gospel is to A to Z of a Christian life. So it's not that the gospel is just one side of my life. You know, okay, I gave my life to Christ and that's it. Okay. No, he said it's the A to Z. Because when we begin to understand what what why he wrote this or what he means by saying no, it is it is your life. It is your life. You know, even, even Peter got to a time that Peter also began to forget. And that was the first clash, and I think the only one if I my that Peter and Paul had in the Bible. Because Peter began to say it wasn't it was not necessarily about segregation. That was the issue. Why? Because they had segregation issues in Acts when they were distributing food. But the fact that people were saying, if you don't do this, then you are not, you are not worthy of God. By talking about circumcision and non-circumcision. Then Paul was saying, ah, no, 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 no. What you are doing now is that you are undermining the gospel. So you would see in Galatians chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says that Paul was talking here. Paul says, This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our land to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves again. They want to make us slaves again. That is slaves to say, you know what? There are certain things you need to do. Can I say something here as, as we go on? See, the gospel, Jesus, because Jesus loves us, we do good things. But the reverse of the gospel says you, good, you do good things for Jesus to love you. I don't know if that makes sense. And you would see that the Bible later says in, in, in verse 14. Paul, Paul was talking, he said, when I saw that they were, act, they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. So that means Paul is saying, there is a way you should be behaving as a result of the gospel. He said, so I said to Caphias, that is Peter, in front of all of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you are forced to follow Gentile, that, that, that you force the Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Is that since somebody saying that if you are not wearing white, you are not a candidate for him. Some of us have had an experience of churches that said that if you are not in their hood, then you are not um, you are not going to go to him. And but the challenging thing in that food was that the food just started 
even mm. about you know many years ago and I said you know Paul was being held now. <laughs> oh God. God help us in Jesus' name. See, you can correct people, but when it comes to the foundation of the gospel, when it comes to the foundation of the gospel, so for the first time, Paul had to say, Peter, no, 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 say every other thing I get, but this one, it is about determining the salvation of people. He said, he said that because they were not acting in line, with the true gospel. Because when you read, because when you begin to act in line with the gospel, your gospel, the gospel you believe will begin to bear, will begin to bear fruit. But you must understand well what the gospel is for your for the gospel to begin to bear fruit. Colossians chapter 1, verse 6. He says that he says he says and that has come that has come to you in the in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as he has been doing among you since the day you had it and truly understand God's grace so that means that if you don't truly understand gospel will be the ABC of your life not the A to Z of your life. And Paul was always talking about this. That it is not only having the gospel alone or knowing the gospel, but acting in a way that is worthy of the gospel. What is the gospel? Worthy of the death of Christ. So, Philippians chapter 1 verse 27, he said, Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that means there is a way that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. There is a fruit that is expected as your understanding deepens on the gospel of Christ. Because one thing that the gospel did and that is such a basis as we go is that in Adam we all fell and there is no one we became from children of God to enemies of God. And what Jesus did is to come and die for us so that we will no longer live for ourselves now but we are living for Christ. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer I, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in my body, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So that means because I no longer live, everything when I give my life to Christ. Everything that I live for, my life, 
my see there is a difference in go to Colossians chapter um, 3 verse 4 he says when Christ who is your life for Christ to be your life then that means the gospel is the A to Z the Bible says in, in the book of Psalms it says the heavens declare the glory of God and the family show forth his handiwork Day unto day, utter speech, and night unto night, is his knowledge. So that means that even the head, as you see, has a capture of who of a of of revealing God in some dimension. But the Bible calls Jesus the full fullness of Godhead. So that means that that's why Jesus said, "When you want to know the Father, see me. You have seen the Father." What am I trying to say? When a man or a woman has, has not started, has not come to the point where Christ is their life, but Christ is the ABC, you can see that they are, when they are, let me put that as an example. Let me use myself as an example. When I am preaching, I am a different, I am, I am preaching well. But when you see me at home, I am a total different person. Why, why is that? Because I have a, a fractional view. I have a component of Christ, which is when you preach, you do this. You can have a component of God and not have the life of him fully expressed. Take your attention. Now, when you have, when Christ becomes your life, then there is no, there is no, um, you know, there is no. You are not doing anything that you cannot do anywhere. You are not doing anything that you will not. Take your attention. Say so. But how does this life come? We started from that. When, as your understanding of the gospel happens. So the gospel is not only that, yes, Christ died for us, but the basic implication of that is that Christ now becomes the life. So it becomes my point of reference. I will explain it a little, a little bit clearer as we go on. Colossians chapter Three, uh, chapter 3 verse 16 to 12 he says let let this message of Christ dwell in you richly admonishing one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs so he says that let this message of Christ as it begins to dwell inside of you when the way you sing the way you pray the way you preach as it will begin to show that life. In Acts verse 17, he said, Be, what, and whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Christ. Why? Because when this message dwells inside of you richly, you now begin to see how it begins to go into other things. 
in from verse 18, he says, Wife, submit yourself to your husband as fitted to the Lord. Husband, love your wife and do, do not be harsh to them. Children, obey your parents um, for everything, for in, in everything, for this pleases the Lord. What was he talking about is that once the life of God begins to manifest in your life, the way you will begin to react to things or the way you begin to do things. That life, you'll be reacting based on that life. Now, let me first of all deal with the first aspect. And I found this post on, you know, um, on Ilson's page, and they were thanking their um, one of their um, leaders there. And I found it quite interesting. Yes, I know that, you know, but it is good that you know there is this thing really in check within 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 the church. And this is what I'm trying, I'm just trying to point us to an explanation. When, when Paul said by saying that, by, uh, by saying, I said, let this word dwell richly in you. As you, as you teach one another, admonish one another with psalms, hymns, and songs. So he said, let this word, this message of Christ. So I was reading this post, and this post says that, this post is that theology Theology is a vital heartbeat of Hillsong's worship songs. For many years now, all of our lyrics have been examined and approved by our global teaching pastor, Robert Ferguson. He said, and his fellow theologians, songwriter, and, and his wife, Amanda, before they are brought to the congregation to be taught or sung. During this approval process, it is often it, 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 there is there is often there is often wonderful dialogue about biblical lyrics. If the lyrics or the concept in question, the songwriter will indeed cite biblical precedent for their words or their thoughts. If none can be found in in line, the line is the line is rewritten. Then he said, we are so thankful for you, and things like that. So basically what I say is that there cannot be some of <laughs> I, <laughs> Please, submit yourself first. Because as the word of God dwells inside us richly, it should be appearing in your songs as the gospel as you understand the gospel well the way you preach it will appear the way you 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 you, you know see there are some things i was doing around yesterday you know as a prayer with that i prayed you know we, we, we thank god for, for our lives thank god for discovering more and more how many of us have had it god you that changed the name of paul to Saul. Salt of Paul. Have you heard it before? Yes, I did. I was deciding her in the week and I discovered that God did not change his name from Salt of Paul. It's not written in the Bible. His Jewish name is Saul. His Greek name is Paul. That's why when you see, when they talk to him, he said, well, when they wanted to arrest him, I'm a Roman. And when he got to the Jews, he said, I'm, I'm, because his parents were Jewish. He, he grew up in, 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 
So his Paul's name was so there was no place where his name was given. <laughs> and the reason why he used Paul more was because his ministry was towards the Gentiles. So in order for them to kind of you know to be able to communicate um, in a better way, and Paul, yeah, he's one of us. So when God met him at at the, the road to Damascus, God called him Saul. When God was going to meet Aeneas, the um, brother that was going to open his eyes, God said Saul. And I believe one, maybe one of the why God said Saul to that one because that one is Jewish. He's a Jewish. He's a Jewish person. Sorry. But, but we've done prayers. <laughs> See, there are so many things that God has done for us. God has said, oh, well, okay, hallelujah, hallelujah. What do you want? You want that? Okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Don't worry. I'll give it to you. And you can imagine how many songs we have. And I said, ah, Gabriel, don't worry. Just, just, just answer them, answer them. I said, they quickly let them go. Let <laughs> them go. Because <laughs> when I saw I was like, God, how many years of my life have I, you know, and some people say, ah, I had the revelation from God that God is turning your life as he turned the sun upon you. <sighs> actually, as I was going to say yesterday, actually, it might be a revelation of transformation. But because you have been Baptized with wrong teaching, <laughs> you two now, you know, I'm very sure that people you used to speak to now, they go, ah, no. You know, but I went through scriptures and I'm like, ah. oh God. See, God, God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what I'm trying to say is that when, you know, and this church, one of the things that they do, you know, you just don't roll songs out because it sounds nice. This I was saying tomorrow, one day that that was church she went on, that she heard about. That there are songs that when they want to sing, they will pull it. The church that will say, no, we are not singing that song here. And this is the basis for it. Because as your understanding of scriptures begin to come alive, there will be certain songs you will not be able to sing. Somebody said something, and you know, when you begin to understand the gospel, Somebody said that you know there's a, a particular song, forgotten the name of the song, and you know people were singing it in a party and things like that, and it's a gospel song. And the pastor said, No, it's not a gospel song. If the gospel song, you're not going to sing it. See, there are so many things that I think God will say, let's just pass. Yeah, gospel singer, yeah, I don't know, yeah, yeah, gospel singer. It's okay. You know, how I was watching um, the teaching that Shepard did yesterday, and it was quite lovely. He said, Whatever they call you, you just take that one. But let us talk about what God calls you. <laughs> just know what God calls you. You can do whatever you want to do with whatever title you have in your church. You can be so, you know, you can call yourself whatever gospel singer. It's okay. But let us talk about. Gospel. As long as you know what gospel is, you can say, you know, hallelujah. So, when this life, as a church, when that life begins to 
begins to, when that understanding of what Jesus did is deepening in you, you will begin to listen to listen to something. You say, Brother Joshua, can we can we listen to that lyrics again? Can we go home and do a research? Can can we just find out about what we are saying? It just doesn't sit well with me. And it's not that way, and this is not, you can see that when we talk about the Hillsong one, it did not say that, oh, it doesn't just sit well with my spirit. That's not what we are talking about here. You show us in the Bible, because your spirit should be pointed to scriptures. If your spirit doesn't point to scriptures, or your, when they think it, you just feel funny, then God help you. Efficient. So, we're talking about, I just use that also as an example for us to see when the gospel is at the center. When the gospel is at the center. And you begin to see that from the New Testament, uh, from, from the apostles, when, when, the, when the death of Christ happened, things changed for them totally. In the church, a husband does not love his wife because the wife is good. That is not the basis of love. So I love my wife because the Bible says Ephesians says, husband love your wife as Christ loved the church and he gave himself and he gave himself up for her. What does that mean? Put Calvary. So the that's what Jesus said. There are things you need to do to always remind you because that is now the basis of your life. That is the basis of your life. Even at work, and at, um, um, what's it called? Even, even at, at my workplace, and things that you would see it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. It says slaves. Now, please note that they're talking about um, in, the, in the whole testament, they were still using slaves then and things like that. And slaves were attending church. And Paul would say to them, slaves, obey your heavenly masters. I respect them with fear, with sincerity in, in heart. Just as you do, as you would obey Christ. He said, obey them not to win their favor in their own eyes, but, but, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord and not people. So what? So when people say that, you know, why are you so good at your workplace? You're, if it is hard, you know, that boss has been good. I need to just support him. It is good, but that is not... You, the life of the gospel has not fully taken manifestation. Because when the life of the gospel takes full breed, the... the when, that's why the Bible says that God weighs action. He wants to know why you are doing, not what you are doing. Why you are doing what you are doing. He now went over to bosses. In when, um, from verse 9. He said, Master, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them since you know that he who, who has both the master, who, who is both their master and yours is in heaven and shows no favoritism. So he's saying that bosses, as you are going to be treating people, don't treat them because ah, this one is this one is for my village. He said, let if your 
if you're if you're being good or treating people fairly is based on they are from my village then you are probably the life of the gospel has probably not set you well You know, because before you know it, see, that is why the gospel don't. It takes away, you know, um, thing. Tekele was saying that he, each time he goes to do um, a marriage in, in a place, in a church, and if it's a marriage between a white and black people, tell you, you know, it's quite, God has blessed, you know, he's been in ministry for a long time. So, so I've done a lot of marriage, interracial marriages. He said, it's every place he has been to, in how many years, how many marriages that God has helped him to do. He said, if the marriage is at, is at one, he said, by the time he walks into the church at one, the side of the white family is filled. And there has never been a time when there has ever been anybody he said, so he said, each time he sees the wedding invitation and he can see that, but he said, he knows what's going to happen. He said, so the one look at what's going on here. This, this, he said, it is both Asian, black, you know. He said, when he sees them, he said, he said, when it is about 45 minutes, he'll start trickling in. After the time he should have started. Then they would, those white, um, uh, um, uh, the, the, the Caucasians that you call them, they, they, you know, they would, they would not start looking at them and saying, they, they would start looking at them funny, that why are you coming down late? And you know, they would probably be thinking in their mind, but that's why your countries are not good, because you don't provide the time. He said, the black would be looking at them and saying, why are they looking at us that way? You know? That is why that is why your population is dying because you are too proud. He said so. Both sides, everybody has a philosophy and what is seen and what. So what the gospel does, it bridges the two together. Does I don't think that makes sense. God help us in Jesus' name. So why do I love one another? Especially in the body of Christ. Everywhere, but in the body of Christ. The scripture says, that's the peace of the Lord. Jesus said, the new commandment I give you, love one another. Just ask, I have not. So I am the reference point. He said, you must love one another. He said, by this, you will know that you are my disciples. Again, he's saying that I don't love you because you are uh, my, my party. Yes, you know, you can have, but the basis of our love is this. Philippians 1.8 says, God knows how much I love you and I long to, I, I, I long for you with tender compassion of Christ. What am I trying to say is that the reason why you begin, that is why the Bible says that when you died, he said, he said, the life I live now is not myself. So the reason for my living, my basis is the gospel. 
That's all that we are trying to point, point out here. When the crisis are the center of it. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 says that be, be kind and be compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. How? Why? Just as Christ forgives you. So he's saying that the, that Christ now becomes the basis for everything that you do. For everything that you do. Living a righteous life. Living a righteous life. Why do I live a righteous life? Do I live a righteous life because I don't want God to be hungry at me? Do I live a righteous life because, you know, I don't want to get caught? You know, some, some men are not having a Samaritan affair because, you know, well, yeah, why not? You know, me, I don't know how to keep secrets. Somebody gave me prophecy once. He said that you don't have the holy affair. He said, because the way God is leading you, sir, I said, God said, tell God said, I should tell you that you should be careful. He said, because you don't have, you don't have the holy affair. And I said to my mind, I said, who has the If if that is the basis, the day somebody assures you of holy affair, grace. grace. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm so, I'm so sorry. The, the day that God God you know somebody says that ah, there are some psalms that you can read that will give you pass. You go. Or then that somebody preaches grace to you. You go, wow, you know. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus died for you. And that's why when you begin to read it, again, when grace is not attached to the gospel, it becomes an issue. Because grace not attached to the gospel is a grace that is free. Or that doesn't cost anything. That's why when and, um, good titles, please, or t- is it titles, titles? Titles. Mm-hmm. 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 Where is the titles? From where I come from, it is finished. He said, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation. Now, salvation here is the death of Christ that he's talking about. And once you understand grace in that context, then it teaches us to say no to ungodly and worldly passion. He said, for we live for and, and to live self-control and upright. So why are you why are you making sure that you are putting yourself to check? I am putting myself to check. Because I don't want to walk on the grave, on the on the cross of Jesus Christ again. I don't want to make him, you know, nail him to the cross again. So the Bible says that grace teaches us. It empowers us. This is the difference between people that have grace and continue to sin versus people who have who believe in grace and will say no to sin. Because one is attached. 
to, to a price. The other one is free. He says, he says, and godly lives in this present age. You know, somebody was saying that, you know, but he's almost like what he told me. In, in this fold, in this church, they have, they have, you can look, look at our great, great prophets. Each one of them has one or two girlfriends and things like that. And you know, say, this place, we have the grace. To said some churches don't have the grace. So in why do I live? The reason why I pursue a life of holiness is not that I want to please God alone, but it is because the grace that was given me came with a price. Somebody died. So you can see how the gospel becomes, starts to shape every aspect of your life. We're almost done. You know, we have Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. The Bible says that, it says, now, how does the gospel shape our prayer life? The Bible says, since we have a great high priest, who has, who, has ascended, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly our faith, which he confessed. He said, because we don't have a high priest who, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. He said, but we, but, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, but, have not, but yet not sinned. Please, when you when you understand, remember that this letter is written to Jews. When he said we have an an high priest that ascended into heaven, because in those days when the high priest comes before the, um, the throne of God, he comes with a blood, the blood of the Lamb. So when he was saying, giving you that picture of an high priest that came before God, he's saying an high priest that entered heaven with a price in his hands. He said, on that basis, let us therefore approach the throne of grace with confidence. So the gospel shaping my prayer life and my attitude towards prayer life. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. In fact, it gives me confidence. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 32 to 34, it says, the Bible says, Romans chapter 8, it says, He who did not spare his son, please note it again, attaching it to the gospel. He who did not spare his son, will he not also give graciously, give, 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 graciously give us all things who will, who will bring a charge against whom the God has chosen? Or, or the one that God has justified? But we are still going to come back to that area. But he said, God that did not spare his son. So, I am not expecting my answer or prayer because I shouted. I am expecting my, the answer to prayer because 
Christ. God did not spare Christ. If he gave me his son, would he not give me any other thing that I had for him? What am I trying to say is that the gospel begins to shape. The gospel begins to shape our life. The gospel shapes the way you sing. The gospel shapes the way you talk. The gospel shapes the way you, are, you, you relate to people. The gospel shapes how you relate at home. The gospel shapes everything about you. That is what it means when he says the life I live is no more. I'll give you an example as I... There was a young lady. Very, very pretty. Or there is she's alive. Very, very pretty. But what that happened was that she had so much confidence in, you know, because when she was in high school, you know, she was like the girl that every guy was, you know, was always looking at and was like, you know, I don't have your time, all this kind of stuff, and things like that. But later, something happened. She was, okay, she then, she started, I think, if I get the, but it's the story with children in order, right? But at a, at a later time, you know, she was open to get married, hoping to have a boyfriend and this, but she didn't have anybody approach her. Then she began to, you know, it began to cause so much issues in her life. You know, she was feeling like, you know, am I really, what, what is wrong with me? And things like that. Then, then one thing that she done bad friends, got into trouble, went into prison, came out. So she's, you know, she was using drugs then while she was in prison and things and things like that. So, you know, everything was just like, you know, she's then even became worse because, you know, she now became someone that was struggling with, with um, and things like that. So there was even nobody, there was even, and things like that, you know, and she built her life. So then she went to, so, 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 so someone, so she started going to church, of course she heard about the gospel of Christ. But she was still dealing with the insecurity and the issues that she had. So she went for counseling. Um, a non-Christian counseling. And the person said to her, I said, you know, why don't you, the person rightfully identified what her issue was. You know? While than trying to look for accolades for men or trying to make yourself feel good, the person said, why don't you, you know, focus your, make up your mind, you know, focus your energy, go back to school, finish up what you could not leave, concentrate on your life, build yourself up, you know, you are, you, you are quite an intelligent girl. And that is great. That is, you know, that is what you would expect. But one day as she was going, she was in church and they were talking about the life of the gospel and the gospel and things like that. She began to think. And she, one day she went, she went for a session. She now asked uh, uh, um, the person, the counselor that is talking to her saying, okay, I've gotten the school form. I'm back to school. I said, oh, yeah, don't worry, just go for your career. But passionate about, about your career and things like that. Then she asked the, the career person, sorry, the, the counselor, 
and said, but what happens if I get out of the union, I get a good job, and one day I lose everything? He said, so you say rather than me being dropped by men, I can be dropped by something else. And cancel the hard say. Say because you know, I can I will go after it. But I'm just replacing one thing with another. Then when she began to think about it more and more, as she went back to you, and we're talking about the life of the gospel. And she began to see herself through this scripture, Colossians chapter, this was the scripture that she was that she said she was, it was called Colossians chapter 3. It says, set your mind on things above, not on heavenly things. He said, for the cry, for cry, for for you died, and your life is now hidden in Christ, in, in Christ in, with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you shall appear with him in glory. Then she said to herself, No, Christ is my life. She said, you know, then when any guy just kind of speaks to her and she's quick to reply. And things like she, she, she was she said, said for the first time, said a guy was walking close to her, was looking at her. I think she was there, but whatever it was, maybe like a, a restaurant or something. And she said, I was saying to myself, you are not my life. Christ is my life. Then she said for the first time, she was able to assess a guy as in have a conversation with, with the person confidently without thinking that if he walks away, that is the end of my life. Today, she's happy, has a good career, has put, but that is not a life. And that is what the gospel can do when you understand the gospel and it's not just a segment of what you believe. When the gospel is not just what is in your head, but what is dwelling in your heart. She said, for the first time, I am free to walk around people and not think because they are not my life. Christ is my life. And when she met, 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 she met the guy, you know, that guy met a confident woman. A woman that is happy. Not a woman that is just hoping that, you know, one day he will smile at me. Because Christ became our life. And that is what we are talking about. When Christ, when the gospel is at the center, it becomes the reason why you do things. Um, you know, and we can go back to that tweet. Let's go, let's next slide. Let's go. We'll just go next slide. It says, the gospel is not just the ABC of a Christian life, but the gospel is the head to set of my life. And we will begin to see, just make some please, let's just quickly, as we, you know, the, this is what some people call the gospel Greek. 
These are some Christians. This is when they gave their life to Christ here. And this is the awareness of God's holiness. And this is the awareness of your own sinful nature. If you fall down here, you have guilt, fear, insecurity, and despair. Because you see how far down you have from God. But if you have, if the gospel is still at the center, somewhere there, what you used to cover up the gap between the cross and, and, and the holiness of God is going to be religion, morality, self-justification, legalism, pride. But the actual thing is that no matter how much as you go along in your life, as you remember how, as you would, the more you go, move on with God, the more you see how terrible we are as human beings. But the more the gospel, the cross begins to be bigger and you begin to appreciate what Christ has done. That is why I'm not saying you have to do it. That is why at times somebody will be talking about Jesus and see, that is what happened when the woman with the alabaster balls was wiping his feet with her tears because she remains, she can see herself as far as our unrighteousness is from God, but sees the feet of Christ as that cross that connects her to God. And that is what the gospel is about. Paul said in Romans 1.16, he says that, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes. The more, the more I realize how sinful, how, how bad I am as, as a person, the more I can see the cross grow bigger. The gospel gets bigger and bigger. And I, as I embrace it, you know, you cannot be at that stage. Let's go to the previous one, I believe, please. See, the more you get here, the more you cannot stop or just tell somebody that you cannot make it to God except by the cross. But if you are here, the cross is there, yes. But you know, because you know, you're, you're a good person. So we put them in morality. All the other person saying, ah, you know, the ones that are still, the cross is still here, they are. The sin that you have done is too much. You know, see, there's nothing God can do. Maybe, maybe just try. And that person begins to fall into depression fall into things because the cross is still at that level. But when the cross is big enough, you will see it very clearly. And as we go into our next, we, as we begin to talk more about the gospel, 
The gospel, the Bible says Romans 1, let's remember Romans again. The Bible says the gospel of God is the power of God's salvation to everyone that believes. One of the things why it is called the gospel, it is called the gospel because it is news. Good news, that's what it means. Every news, you have to share it for it to be news. If something happens in a place and you don't share it, it's not news. That only means that it hasn't happened. That's why they call it breaking news. Because every news has to be broken. That's why Jesus said, go out. Share this good news. But as we go into next week, I just want to just point, see, the gospel that is not presented is not harmful to the devil. Is that seen for the next Is that seen, you know, I don't think it's, but I love guns a lot. I watch, I watch a lot of gun, 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 shooting ninja, things and things like that. I'm hoping that one day I'll buy one for, <laughs> honestly, Honestly, I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. You know, that's, that's one of my dream things in life to buy. When we buy a bigger house, I'll be able to buy a safe. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's, just, it's just lovely, you know. When you watch, when you watch, oh God, I can watch hours of it. So, but, you know, I still want it today, you know. I just sit down and watch it every time. But when I have my airport in, so, you know, you don't know what I'm watching. But, you know, <laughs> So, you know, the modern guns that are worth, the, the, the rifles, the shotguns, and things like that, there's so much safety um, stuff on it now. So you can load up a gun. You have, this download is a safety, is a safety slide, that's a safety clip, that's on a safety clip at the uh, pin, that's on a safety um, clip at, at the hand. So you can take a gun, literally, and, and Point it at somebody, loaded. If it's at the same, it is still in safety mode, it will not go. So, no matter how much you say the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, and you don't preach it, you don't allow the trigger to go, it will just. And once the devil finds out that this one is just, you know, it's just formality, they have the gun loaded, but it's in their pocket. They will never shoot it, they will never take off the safety. Then say, don't worry, just, you know, just get close to them. And that is what I think the Christendom has done with the gospel. The Bible says it is the power of God. But the Christian, there is so much safety procedures around it. What if I share this with this person? What if I speak to this person about it? Can I say this? Can I say that? Oh, maybe this, maybe that. So more and more safety proportion. So at the point that they are better at the gospel that cannot do anything. Not that it's not loaded. But you need to take the safety mode off. And as a church, like I said, you know, Maybe somebody is singing a song, you cannot say, excuse me, I don't think that song it, it makes sense. 
You know it, but that gospel is still not loaded. It's just loaded. There's nothing to it. Somebody keeps coming to you and they are struggling, they are in pain and things like that. You 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 want to shoot the rifle. You know, maybe maybe tomorrow. That rifle is still loaded, but the rifle does not go off by itself. That's what Jesus said. Go and tell them. That's why the Bible says that when why they as they are preaching, God was confirming their words with signs. So that means that until the the shot goes. There is no confirmation. Until the shot goes, there is no confirmation. But we'll talk more about that as we as we, as we, as we go next week. We're talking about Christ, the gospel, the center of our existence. I don't know if you have known the gospel, but you cannot really trace how many things you do based on that gospel. And at times it could be that because your understanding has not been settled in it. So the gospel is just ABC. The gospel, now what we want as a church as we get ready, is uh, the gospel to be the A to Z of our life. Because then you'll be excited about what the gospel is about. God normally has as an issue with people is when they treat him as common. Common means you place everything in the same level. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Then all other things shall be added. That is right. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.